Welcome back to our proactive London studio where I'm joined in person by the co-CEOs of Rebold Resources. We've got Stephen Williams and Satya Noza. Thank you both very much for coming in. Obviously, you both know why we're here, but perhaps it's worth explaining to the viewers, Sachin, uh, what it is that you're doing here in our studio today. Yeah, so, you know, we regret to inform uh, shareholders of Rearbold that there is another requisition uh, that we are faced with. And, and rather than running the business as the management and board should be doing, uh, our time and efforts will be focused associated with this requisition. So the requisitioning shareholders have made another attempt to essentially take control of this business. Uh, its asset and, and strategic portfolio. Uh, and the proposal is to remove all of the existing board and replace them with new board members, uh, including clearly a new management team as well. Now we strongly urge shareholders to vote and to vote against all resolutions because we feel that we've built up over the last year in particular, the momentum behind this business to really deliver value in 2024. And with this team and this management in place, running into that period, we believe we'll be able to extract substantial value for our shareholders. So we urge shareholders to vote and to vote against all resolutions. The general meeting will be held on the 10th of January, but because we're coming, coming up to this holiday period and holiday season, we again urge shareholders to vote as soon as possible. Thank you, Sachin. So Stephen, what do you think is behind this uh, latest attempt to take control of the business? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it looks quite similar to the, to the original one that we faced just over a year ago. And clearly, you know, we believe we have extremely attractive portfolio of projects. Um, and this is a group of individuals who are trying to take control of those without having to pay to take control of the assets. Um, and on, on top of that, you know, the timing, I don't think is coincidental with the fact that we have a lot of cash coming into the business at the moment. So we have the second tranche um, of the proceeds of the sale of the Victory project to Shell that's just come in. So we're, we're cashed up and we're in a really strong position to go forwards. And we're expecting the third tranche of that payment to come in early in the new year. Um, so it, it, I guess it's not coincidental in the sense that the first uh, requisition seems to be timed around the, the rec receipt of the first tranche of those funds. So we have a group of shareholders that are trying to take control of the business while it has a lot of cash. And we're not entirely sure what the motivation behind that is or what their use of that cash would be. Uh, but we have some concerns about how that cash would be deployed and whether that would be to the detriment of the other Rearbold of the other Rearbold um, shareholders. So we have this pattern of behavior that's developing where we're seeing you know, an, a, a, an attempt to gain control of the business while it has a lot of cash in it. And um, we're also seeing um, something else here, which is that in both cases, in both of these requisition attempts, immediately followed um, a kind of uh, a demand for a transaction between ourselves and Portillion Capital um, uh, that we were not interested in, that we did not think was positive for Rearbold as a whole. Um, so in the first instance, there was an attempt to buy some of our assets for a very low valuation that we rejected. And that was immediately followed by this requisition attempt. And this time around, we actually had demands for cash. So a suggestion that if we were to pay cash out to Portillion, then they would not go through with a requisition attempt. We clearly did not want to do that. And again, having decided not to go ahead with that um, proposal, we see the requisition notice come in. So I guess that's what's behind uh, this, this second requisition. It's establishing a pattern that you know um, things can be demanded of the management and board of the company. And if they don't, if they don't play ball, then you may, you may face a requisition attempt. Stephen, do you personally find it frustrating that you keep having to bat off these uh, takeover attempts? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's frustrating from the sense that it, it's difficult to run the business while these things are happening. It's clearly a big drain on our time as management, which, which stops us doing more productive things. But I think more importantly, it makes it very difficult to transact externally. So, you know, clearly if you're trying to do a deal with another company, for example, 
they're concerned about that you might not be running the business when you actually come to, to follow through with that whatever activity is that you're talking about or, or um, thinking about doing with this company. So it makes it difficult to progress the business in an efficient way when this thing is constantly overhanging us. Understood. Sachin, here's a question for you, and forgive me if it's a bit on the pointed side, but what do you say to people who are out there saying, well, you know what, I don't know much about these new people, the people that are trying to, to take over, but we've had a fair bit of time with this, these two co-CEOs. It hasn't worked in the way that people were hoping. So it can't be any worse, can it? We'll just have a change and see how that goes. Yeah, so the first thing to say is, you know, Stephen and I are as frustrated as anyone in relation not only to the Rearbold share price, but to progress uh, in relation to some of our assets. Now, I need to be very specific about that because the delays that have happened to the timelines that we had originally envisaged for actual execution of the business plan have been delayed primarily because of regulatory timelines. And these are things like OPRED in the UK um, and, and uh, the Environment Agency approvals that we'd been, so that we'd been seeking to actually carry out, carry out the activity. Indeed, the cash proceeds coming in from Shell have probably been longer than we originally were expecting given the keenness and eagerness of this government to get after projects to be pushed forward that were generating gas for the UK market. So all of those things are as frustrating to us as anyone else. But to be clear, there is nothing anyone could have done about those timelines. That is just the reality of the world that we face. What we have been doing during the interim intervening period though, is engaging politically and in a regulatory sense to try and express the frustrations and concerns to government and government type bodies in relation to the fact that if we want security of supply, we've got to change the framework of engagement of regulatory stakeholders with the companies that can deliver security of supply. These relationships we feel are going to be key and particularly in, in, in the earlier answer that I gave to uh, you know, the activity in 2024. In addition, all of the technical work that we've done and the devised business plan recognizing the importance of bringing early cash flow into the company and into the projects that we're looking at are also a key aspect of what we're looking at for 2024. That is not something that is in the gift, know-how or capability set of the proposed directors and management coming into Rearbold. We believe it would be significantly detrimental, not only on the conflict of interest points, but also on delivery of the strategic asset base that we sit on today. And therefore, recognizing the frustrations, I would say, if we can go through 2024, we strongly believe that we will be able to execute and deliver meaningful value in a way the requisitioning party cannot do. One final question for me, and either one of you are welcome to answer. Just how confident are you feeling sitting here that, you know, let's say in three months' time, you're still going to be co-CEOs of Rearbold? Well, I think if we get through this process, it will be clear. This is now a third type of attempt to, for the requisitioning shareholders stroke Portillion Capital to get their hands on this asset base, which is strategic, and on our cash. And we kind of fundamentally believe that if the shareholders respond resoundingly with a vote against all resolutions, that 
the, the support will be clear for allowing us to get on with the job. But you know, beyond that, I think, and, and what Steve had mentioned a little earlier, was that the nature of the conflicts of interest, not only with Portillion, but with Andrea Cataneo um, as the proposed CEO, are you know, verging on egregious in their nature. So for instance, uh, we know that Zenith Energy, for which Andrea is the CEO currently, is a competitor to Rehobold, and he would also be the CEO of Rehobold, which inherently is a, co a significant conflict of interest. But in addition, on the very specific point, um, we know that Zenith has been interested in the Rehobold California position that we have through Daybreak Oil and Gas, having suggested that they wanted to make a substantial investment into that business. That never went anywhere, but it is clear that the deployment of capital for Zenith is not aligned with where Rehobold thinks it is able to create and extract most value for its shareholders. So the conflict of interest from a Zenith point of view is significant. But the same also applies to Portillion Capital because Portillion Capital along with Rehobold are the, you know, own over 40% each of the equity in Daybreak. And Portillion and Cameron have been kind of explicit in the amount of capital that they've uh, deployed in Daybreak Oil and Gas, and indeed have asked whether we would contemplate a proposal of exchanging some Rehobold shares for acquiring their interest in Daybreak. Again, we do not believe that is in the interest of our shareholders. Daybreak is not a core asset for us, and we think Italy and the UK onshore are. So I think that you know, we really, really need to be clear that beyond just the lack of capability in exploiting and, and extracting value from our core assets, that the conflicts are very real, very significant, and we would caution shareholders in relation to what the requisitioning party is saying about their motivations in relation to our business. And you'd also counsel them to get their votes in pretty sharpish. Correct, yeah, and, and we'd sort of said that at the outset that we're in this period where we're coming up to the holiday season, so please, please, we urge shareholders to vote as soon as possible, and we would recommend voting against all resolutions. And just to add to all of this, I mean, clearly the main purpose of us being here today is to address this requisition issue, but I think it's important to know, and, and Sachin sort of touched on this in terms of the importance of us still being in place through 2024. I mean, we have a really exciting set of activities that are coming up this year within the current portfolio. And clearly 2023 has been slower in terms of actual operational activity because we've been dealing with these regulatory hurdles that we've had to get over, particularly with regard to, to West Newton. But now we've got 2024 coming, all of the regulatory stuff is done in the UK. So we can look forward to drilling the well at West Newton, which is the real key event that everybody's been waiting for. It's all been set up and it's ready to go. And we're extremely excited about that well uh, coming on stream. Uh, another thing we've been looking at is looking at early production potential for West Newton. So whereas before the plan was drill the well, appraise the field, and then look at putting a, a large-scale development in place, there's still going to be a large-scale development, but it's entirely possible that we could find a way of getting a single well into production much more quickly than that. So we could have positive cash flow coming in much more quickly than we previously anticipated with regards to West Newton. And that actually looks a little bit like what we've got in Italy, where um, Colasanto is, is, we believe, going to be in early production very soon. So we should have cash flow being generated in, in the Italian business. 
um, and at the same time we'll be looking for full field development approval in Italy as well. So we've got these two core projects that are really important for European um, energy security um, that we believe can be moved forward very meaningfully within the coming months and certainly throughout 2024. So there's a lot of exciting stuff going on and we think this could be a really big year for the company. Um, and we urge investors to get behind us to vote against the resolutions and make sure that we're in a position where we can carry out that activity as planned. Well, very best of luck to you both. And thank you very much indeed for your time today. Thank you. Thank you.